Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Henderson MB Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information on our church, visit hendersonmbchurch.com. him um, to the Living Hope Church. My name is Dean Jost. I'm 82 years old. I became a believer when I was in the fourth grade at a community revival service in Hillsboro, Kansas. I grew up in the Hillsboro MB Church. I moved to Nebraska in 1965 and I've been in agriculture all my life as a farmer and an owner of a seed corn sales business. My business has brought me in contact with many people whom God has allowed me to offer friendship and to be a witness. I've been involved in this church basically ever since we moved here in leadership or some kind of service. I've had the privilege to have um, many pastors with strong biblical values who have influenced my life and that of my wife and children. A turning point in my life was a Sunday morning service when the pastor had a table full of cups of water in the front of the sanctuary. His message was about not leaving room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives because they were too full of our own stuff. He invited people to come forward, empty a cup of water, symbolizing your life was empty of self and open to the Holy Spirit. I knew exactly what God wanted to cleanse from my life and make me available for him to use. Over the years, when there have been trials in the church and in my life, I have appreciated the advice of two respected leaders. The first is, Diversity plus maturity equals unity. In the church and in life, there will always be diversity, so you can process that with maturity, and you will have unity with your brothers and sisters. The second is, when conflict comes, it's not who's wrong and who's right, but what's right. Rely on the Bible to guide you, not your own preferences. Today, our church is changing its name. We have been led through a careful process because we wanted to do what's right. When you read this, you too will be making decisions in the church, and God will be faithful to you also. A number of years ago, our church participated in 40 Days of Purpose by Rick Warren. One of the verses we learned was Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. My prayer for Living Hope Church is that each of you would ask God, What did you plan for me to do today? Make me sensitive to what that is. Give me the will to obey. May I glorify you and serve others with my actions. There was a time when our church was going through a struggle. We were looking for a pastor and it seemed like nothing was happening. We were visiting another church and the pastor greeted us and asked how things were going. We shared that our church was facing a crossroads. Would the church decline and die? Or did God have something for us? The pastor put his hands on us and prayed. Upon this rock, Christ would build his church, that the gates of Haiti will not overcome it. He claimed that promise, and God was faithful. He brought us the right pastor at the right time with the right vision. It has been a joy to see the church grow and serve. The greatest God gifts God has given me are my salvation, my wife, and family, and my church. I pray each of you have made the decision to be a Christ follower and that you will be a steward of your spouse, family, and those God brings into your life. Dean Jost. 
I'm adding a postscript to the letter. Um, I am one of the children, and I look out, and I had the privilege of growing up in this church, and I look out here, and I see people that were my Sunday school teachers, my VBS teachers, friends of my parents, my cousins, um, and I look out, and I see people that were my friends when we lived here, and people that were my parents' friends, but that now have become dear friends of mine. Um, this church has shaped me. Um, I'm so proud of my heritage here. Um, for the last 28 years, my family and I, we live in Wichita. We're, we attend First Mennonite Brethren Church there. And we are actually going through the start of this process ourselves of changing our name. I have used this church as examples. I have had discussions with Pastor Luke on how we can walk through this process with the grace and the unity and the love that this church has done it with. I have, Pastor Luke, I'm always quoting quotes from you. I have my favorite Luke quotes that I spout all the time. I am in the, I have, I have the privilege of being on a leadership um, board there. Also, I'm on the name change committee. And I have used you as examples of the way Christ can work in a church in a small town of Henderson, Nebraska that can come together and do something for the bigger kingdom of Christ. And I thank you for being the church of my youth and that you will always have such a special place in my heart and that you're the church of my parents. Thank you. Well, at this time, I'm going to invite up uh, Chad and Jessica and Julie and Steve and Molly. We'll just have all you guys come up here all at once, and uh, you can uh, stand over here. We'll hear uh, testimony from them, uh, and then and they'll just they'll kind of read through those. Um, then when that's done, I'll ask them three questions, and then I'll ask you three questions, um, just in, in affirming for them. And then uh, after that, Mark Jost will, will pray for them. So um, I'm going to step out of the way. My name is Chad Tessman. Um, as Jessica and I were talking, we gave our testimonies when we were 18, about 23 years ago. So I think it's uh, healthy to probably do that every maybe 10 or 20 years. <laughs> so hopefully we see some of the others up here. Um, my young spiritual life was not unlike many of my peers. Uh, my family attended Sunday, Sunday morning worship, Sunday evening CE, and Wednesday evening children's choir or church. My mother was a very strong influence. Uh, she would do evening devotions and read us many Bible stories. Um, because, of my, because of the early influence and continual Christian education that I had, I kind of have a hard time pinpointing or remembering exactly when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But I do have memories of doing it possibly many, multiple times. Uh, at age 18, I went through baptism class and was baptized at the Bethesda Mennonite Church. Some highlights uh, that I've had throughout my Christian journey were growing up in a community where it was a norm to go to church, and it was typically common and expected activity. Uh, one highlight of my Christian growth was when we found a church in Omaha. Uh, we came in contact with many believers that had a completely different spiritual background. Some were new believers as adults and had never been exposed to Christian faith. It was amazing how some of those people were so red hot for Christ, and me as a longtime believer was just lukewarm and 
wondered how that could be. Through this church, we got involved with many small groups and also are with a small group. And also did, I did a men's retreat called Walk to Emmaus. Um, that retreat helped me refocus as a husband and a father. In 2009, after having a pretty rough year that involved some career changes, a pregnant wife, a knee surgery, we ended the year with a new baby girl. Followed by a week later, the day after Christmas, rushing Jessica to the emergency room. So I, I found myself holding a newborn baby in a diaper bag while the nurses took my wife off to emergency surgery. The next two months were very difficult uh, with Jessica recovering and not being able to uh, not being able to give the care, sorry, with Jessica recovering and just when things were starting to look normal and getting back to normal, my mother, find, my mother suddenly passed away. It was a very difficult uh, couple months for us and uh, those difficult times have taught me to be thankful for what I have and uh, every day is a gift from God. As years go by, it is... As years have gone by, it has become more apparent to me my responsibility not only for my Christian growth, but for my family's growth. We try to be regular attenders at, at church, and I need to challenge myself to grow my family and myself more. We are hosting a small group at our house, which we enjoy very much. We really enjoy the interaction that we get in a smaller group with uh, people that are, are believers with, along with us. I feel like I've found a home at Living Hope Church, and our family is very involved. What made my decision to want to join was when, not being a member, I could not vote on an issue as important as picking a new name for the church. I look forward to being an active part of this church and I'm excited to be a member. Thank you. I've been going to church with my family for as long as I can remember. As a child, my weeks were filled with church, Sunday school, midweek, and CE. I can't quite remember the time and place where I first learned that I needed to ask Jesus into my heart and ask him to save me from my sin. What I do remember is that I didn't quite understand that once was all I needed. For a number of my early elementary years, I would ask nightly, just in case. I feel so fortunate that I grew up in a family and in a town full of believers. All of my friends went to church, and we spent so much time at church activities that it became a part of who I am and all I knew. There have been moments that have changed who I am as a believer. In college, I suddenly didn't have a bunch of weekly church activities, and faced with a choice, I did not attend. After Chad and I married and moved to Omaha, we found our church. The very first Sunday, we heard an older adult's testimony that they had just become a believer after someone had shared the gospel with them. I was stunned. Where were their parents? How could they not know? The excitement in this church was palpable and exactly what I needed to reignite the fire. Perhaps the most defining moment of who I am as a believer came as a medical emergency. A week after I had Julia, I started to hemorrhage. We spent the night of Christmas Eve in the emergency room. Still hemorrhaging, I was sent home to rest. I continued to struggle through the night and at home it became clear that I needed help fast. We were in the middle of a blizzard and no ambulance could get out. My husband carried me and our newborn out of the house and got us to the hospital. I would spend the next several hours reciting the Lord's Prayer over and over. My mom had always told me that whenever I was scared to say the Lord's Prayer continuously until I felt better. This prayer was my lifeline. 
It gave me peace and a calm that surpasses all of my understanding. As my doctor was figuring out how to help me, it became clear that my future on this earth was unknown. As I was being wheeled away to surgery, I watched my family for as long as I could. I wanted to take in every moment of them for as long as I could. I was at complete peace. At that moment, I did not know if I would live, and I can honestly say that I was at peace with leaving this earth. Thankfully, I had a doctor who stopped to pray. I have always put immense amounts of pressure on myself to repay this gift of life or to figure out why I got this gift. I still struggle with this. I can't ever be enough, but Jesus is. My life is a gift, and for this gift, I can only be thankful. Another defining moment was when Ava was bit by a dog last year. As the doctor explained how the slightest change in position of the bite could have cost her her eye, facial paralysis, or severing a vital artery, I was filled with gratitude over God's grace and his protection. I saw Jesus through Ava's attitude, courage, and forgiveness. I'm also thankful for my husband, who is a strong, strong, calm protector. As my daughters are getting older, I want to show them the importance of finding a church and taking the steps to belong. When they're older, I pray my girls make the choice to go to church. I pray they will commit to being a part of a church family. Thank you. I'm Julie Smith. I was raised in Grand Island. My family did not go to church. My mother did watch Billy Graham every Sunday. On our block, we had three churches to pick from. One was on one corner, one was on the other corner, and the other one was around the corner. Uh, one day, some people came with pamphlets about salvation. I was looking at them and knew that I wanted to learn more. My sisters and I decided to try one of the churches and decided that I was ready to give myself to God. I was only eight years old when I got baptized at the Grand Island YMCA. Through the years, I have so many times wondered um, how we got through some of the stuff that we did. I felt like I was walking alone and only to realize that I did have somebody walking with me. Um, I could not have accomplished any of them on my own. I feel his presence every day. <clears throat> I started my walk with Jesus Christ at a young age, attending church and Sunday school, CEs, Wednesday night. Um, growing up in a Christian home had a big impact on my walk with God. I do not remember exact date or time when I accepted Christ, but I know it was sometime in fourth grade. <clears throat> to ask God to be my, be my personal savior. I was baptized when I was 17 at Bethesda Mennonite Church. My faith continued to grow as I grew older, getting involved with summer service trips and youth conferences with the youth group had a big impact on my life. Being blessed with a faithful wife to share Christ's journey with me when Tori was born six weeks early and spent two weeks in the hospital. Um, seeing God work and give us comfort and guidance through this time was through this time. Also being able to show and teach Tori and Landon about God and watch them grow is such a blessing. My faith continues to grow each day through prayer and time spent with God. 
I would like to join this church because of the love and faith the church has for helping others, the vision of the church, growing disciples, multiplying churches, glorifying God, and transforming communities. <clears throat> um, the small groups and discussions have been great, and the joy of listening to Pastor Luke. Thanks. I should have been first, because once I start crying, I can't stop. And Jessica made me cry. <laughs> Um, so my walk with Christ, I grew up in a Christian home, too, attending church um, weekly and Wednesday night um, and many other functions that we had. But I accepted Christ into my heart uh, around the age of four. I don't remember the details, but I do know that I prayed with my parents in my bedroom. At 10 years old, I rededicated my life to God at Awana. I understood more about what it meant to be a Christian and to live for Jesus and I wanted to recommit to him. I was baptized at 14 when my parents felt that I understood what living for Jesus meant, and my baptism felt more like a rededication as I felt as it felt like I was starting with a new clean slate. A major point of spiritual growth came when I went to college at a Bible school. It was a defining moment for me of stepping out of my parents' faith and realizing what I believe and why I believe it. And I grew a lot in my faith and discovered a deeper relationship with God. Another big moment of growth came many years later and didn't grow me in knowledge but in dependence. It was when our daughter was born almost six weeks early. Not knowing if your baby was going to have problems or even survive, um, put, me, um, put me on my face before God. But he will always give you what you need when you need it. And he not only gave me the peace and wisdom for that time, but he also gave us a fighter who now shows no sign of ever having her traumatic beginning. God again gave me what I needed when I needed it as I walked through the birth and death of my niece. Even when you don't understand and you don't agree, he is loving enough to hold us up and to process, help us process through our heartache. Though both of those unknowns, God has been faithful and he has been sovereign. Throughout my life, as I would look back at situations and stages, I would see God's hand so prevalent through my whole life. I have seen how he has protected me and guided me, situations where I grew spiritually without being able to specifically pinpoint a moment, and others where I grew spiritually after looking back and seeing how his hand had worked. I have definitely gone through dry seasons in my life where I haven't felt God or his leading, and, have made, and that has made devotion time difficult and sometimes frustrating but I am definitely more committed to him and my time with him as raising kids has been stressful, overwhelming, and wonderful at times. He has also provided some godly friendships recently that have been a huge encouragement to me. What first drew us to Living Hope Church was Luke's preaching. I love how he puts everything into perspective, very realistic, and challenges us each week. I also love the Sunday school small groups 
and how they have taken the sermon to a deeper level with the discussion each week. We are also involved in a Sunday night small group, which has been a huge encouragement um, to us as a family to be a part of that. Uh, What has kept us at this church and why we want to become a member is how willing the whole congregation is to reach out into the community and how far and deep they are already reaching. The Living Hope Church family has a wonderful and inspiring love for the community within its walls and outside its walls. And we want to be a part of this outreach. We also want to raise our kids to have that kind of love for those around them. So three questions for the five of you. So Chad, Jessica, Julie, Steve, and Molly. Do you affirm that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you commit yourself to this body of believers to love, support, pray for, and serve? And do you commit yourself to the fulfillment of God's mission for the church, which is to make disciples of all nations? Congregation, three questions for you. Do you welcome these three with joy into our community? Do you pledge to these, sorry, not three, five, uh, do you pledge to these five your love, your support, your prayer, and your service? And do you commit to work alongside them in Christian fellowship as we work together to fulfill God's mission of the church to make disciples of all nations? Somewhere between the letters, the kids today, and the adult testimonies, I'm really overwhelmed. I want to pray for you guys, pray for our church. And uh, all of us. Father, we just come before you this morning. So thankful, so grateful to know you, to know your church. We're very blessed. And we we just, uh, it's been a good morning hearing testimonies, hearing kids enthused about Jesus. And uh, the letters to the future church. It just, it's, it's powerful. Thank you for that. But most of all, we thank you for what Jesus did for us and uh, makes it all possible. The salvation we have, the forgiveness, the new life. We're so blessed. Lord, I want to pray for um, Chad and Jessica, Steve and Molly, Julie, as they become part of this church, and we want to welcome them. Just pray that they they flourish in here for Jesus and that they bring glory to you and we all do Lord we we need to think of that every day that uh, to glorify you and to do that through our church and just what we do so once again we're very blessed we thank you for the morning we thank you Jesus I wrote this letter last uh, Sunday. It's dated November 10th, 2019. Dear church family, 
I experienced joy this morning. The church is officially changing its name from Henderson Mennonite Brethren Church to Living Hope Church. My wife Leslie and I have only been attending this church since we moved back to Henderson this past May. As our daughter and husband, Kelsey and Tim Martin, and three grandchildren had begun attending here, it's all fairly new to us. Today was Sunday. On this Sunday, the morning service was spent worshiping the faithful God who had brought this church to its current presence. There were some great memories shared back to the 1940s and 1950s. Stories were told of the beginnings of the church in the late 1800s, its growth and changes, including the sanctuary we were meeting in having been built in 1926. Great stories of fellowship, service to community in the world, Bible-based Christian education and preaching, amazing history of choirs and singing groups, and just good love and Jesus legacy stuff. Nothing close to a perfect church, but a respect, honor, and love for the role of the church in the community and in people's personal lives. And I just found joy. I found joy as individuals shared and represented a heritage experiencing God's faithfulness. I can only have hope and pray that this has continued. I had a teacher once who spent time talking about how Paul assessed, encouraged, and challenged churches. He saw it as a measure of the people and leaders and spiritual life of the church. He used Paul's letters to the churches and how Paul addressed them, including his usual expression of thanks and prayer for the church. For example, in the first chapter of Philippians, Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of praise of God, Philippians 1. He also described the measure by which a church is defined. Does it display the fruit of the Spirit? Is it growing in its ability to display faith, hope, and love? For example, in the first chapter of Ephesians, Paul writes, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith, in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Ephesians 1. So, this is what I pray. That because of the work of the Holy Spirit through the faithful teaching and application of God's word, there will be joy in the partnership of the gospel in this church. That there will be reason to give thanks to God for the saints in this church. That there will be a clear awareness of the faith hope, and love of the saints in this church. That this will be true during my lifetime 
and the next generation and the next and to you. Peace and joy, John. Thanks, John. I want to take just a, a couple moments, um, talk through the logo just briefly, a, a few final thoughts, and then we'll uh, wrap up with some worship and singing and, and then, of course, some fellowship time together. Um, the, the new logo, uh, obviously you, you've all seen it by now. I want to explain it uh, just a bit. Uh, first, though, I do want to thank uh, Joni and Nicole and Kelsey uh, who worked with me uh, in our conversations with the graphic designer. Uh, they did a lot of work. Uh, it was greatly appreciated. Uh, they served you well, uh, so please tell them thank you when, when you get a chance. Um, we looked at, and at several different graphic designers uh, before uh, settling on a gal by the name of uh, Emily um, Malmkar uh, out of western Nebraska, fantastic to work with. Um, our name is actually a little bit difficult to, to, to brand um, and, or, or to put a logo to, and that's because there's no universal word for the word or universal symbol for hope, right? Like love has the heart, peace has the dove, Christianity has the cross, but hope has, ugh, you know? So, so you're really kind of forced to lean in on the living and the church. Or you just go, you know, kind of completely abstract where there's no connection to, to anything um, whatsoever. So um, uh, our team did some research on what features we like, uh, didn't like. We looked at a lot of other different logos. Uh, we had a lot of information from our surveys with you. Um, Chad, you can actually pull up um, that, uh, the, the next slide. Um, we talked, um, chatted with Emily a lot about just the culture of the church. Um, what kind of designs that, that we thought um, would serve us well. You can go to the next one. Uh, and out of that conversation, these were some of the things that, that she drew out of that. Um, and you can go to the next one. I actually snapped this picture just this morning, um, kind of just almost on a whim. I took a bunch of pictures, like three, uh, of our facility from the outside. I thought, well, it's kind of a unique sanctuary. I don't know, maybe she can pull something out of that. I don't, I don't know. Um, the picture was not as good as this one that I sent her. It was kind of more off to the side. But she managed to zone in on that one little window top center. And you can't even see it from the inside. It's like in the attic. Um, so from the inside, we, we never get to see it. But that tiny, yeah, there we are. Thank you, Chad. That she managed to zone in on, on that window and then incorporated it into the logo. You can go to the, to the next slide. Um, uh, Emily had proposed uh, several different designs, but, but this logo really did, um, really captivated us. Um, for starters, there, there is the, the window that's, um, that's, a, that's a, a part of it. Um, it's interesting because it, if you think about it, there's, like, you know it's a church window. And, and I don't, and, and I feel like even in secular society, they will look at that and kind of think, yeah, it's a church window. And I'm not even, I don't know how, or, I'm not sure, but it's just, you'd be like, yeah, it's probably a church window. Um, and it's, I mean, it, it, it's very uh, distinct. Um, and that gives us kind of some connection to our past. I mean, it's pulled directly from our building. So there's a historical feel to, to the window, to the, to the church part of it. Um, and, you know, even just kind of the archway of that window, the archway of these windows, it's all distinct. And I'm told that these chandeliers were actually custom made so that the, the arch on the top top matches up the arch of the windows as as well too so if you if you kind of know to look for it, it it's kind of a distinct part of, of our facility 
Um, also then, of course, the, the leaf. Uh, the leaf uh, is symbolic for living, uh, symbolic of life. Uh, because it's in a circle uh, and just kind of its overall shape, it creates this sense of, like, uh, this sense of movement or momentum or, or continuity about it. Um, it has two leaves uh, because three looked bad. Um, we, we showed this to one person. And they're like, you should do three leaves. and It'll be like the Trinity. And we tried three leaves. And we're like, that looks horrible. Take us back to two. Um, so that's why it has two leaves uh, and not three. We did not ascribe or ask for kind of certain ideas, you know, to, to be tied in with the two leaves. But you can, right? I mean, there's lots of duets in in christianity past present physical spiritual great commandment great commission local global whatnot so we didn't specifically ascribe anything to the two leaves but if you want to go right ahead and, and have some fun with that um the the same with the circle i mean the circle suggests movement and momentum uh and continuity uh, we like that um beyond that it, it doesn't really have a something that we chose but but there's a lot that, that you can put in there uh, eternity, perfection of God, circle of life, God without end. So there is a lot that, you know, can be associated with the circle. One of the things that, that I like, and this, uh, once again, is just me reading into it, I like that the vine is both behind the window and outside the window, because to me that symbolizes both inside the church and outside the church. Now, once again, we did not ask Emily, saying, give us something inside the church and outside the church. She just drew that, and I saw it, and I said, I like it, inside the church, outside the church. That's, that's good. Um, also, of the logos that we looked at, this one looked the best on t-shirts. It looked the best on printed material. It worked big and small. Uh, you, could, you can position the, the church name in various kind of arrays around it. Uh, and it was also the cleanest and, and simplest. So, um, Emily also gave us um, different um, fonts to use. And so, we started incorporating those. The, the bulletin has been reworked to, to include the, the new uh, font set with that. Um, after um, our team had finished their work, uh, the logo and the branding package went to the leadership team. They reviewed it, they approved it, and then we, we began rolling it out. And over the next few months, there will be more kind of rollouts with that. You know, a year and a half ago, um, I conveyed to you the leadership board's decision to explore the whole rebranding idea. Uh, and in that talk... Um, I posed the question, like, why are, we, why are we having this conversation now? And I offered three things. I said, one, because you asked us to. I mean, like, you guys were really the ones that, that kind of brought this forward. Uh, secondly, I think God wants us to have this conversation. I, 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 I sense that there was something of God in this, and so we needed to, to do due diligence and explore that. Third, I said, I think the church is healthy enough to have this conversation now. Uh, I said that there was enough trust, there was enough maturity, and there was enough openness to having a loving but honest conversation around branding the name. And I would say that you have proven that to be true every step of the way, and I thank you. Um, there were discussions, there were disagreements, absolutely, for sure. A change this big needs good conversation, needs honest conversation, needs some disagreements. But, but even in that, I always felt that people were mature and respectful and honest and gracious. And I always felt that people were hashing out an idea, uh, discerning a possible lead from the Lord, uh, but were not attacking people. 
Um, I, I will add that if in your own reflection you, you realize that perhaps you did cross a line and say something publicly that you should not have, uh, then you need to apologize about that and go make that right. So, uh, I'm not aware of it, but if it happened, then you need to, you need to kind of clean up your own mess there. So, But from my vantage point, um, I felt the congregation was gracious with, with, with one another, and I commend you for that. Um, you were also gracious with me. Uh, I, I had a pastor friend remind me or, or tell me, he's like, um, pastors don't survive name changes. Um, there, there are certain changes where it's, it's, it's not uncommon, where the pastor who leads the change is also the sacrificial lamb in the process. And uh, after the change process, then they resign or they're let go, and then really a new pastor comes in and, and fulfills the change. So um, that's, that's a thing, and um, I'm still here, so thank you. Uh, that's great. Uh, I never felt hostility towards me or my family, and I thank you for that. Uh, in the rebranding process, we had a lot of discussion, a lot of opportunity to talk with one another, uh, for people to express opinions and ideas. Um, in looking at rebranding, we never started with the question of what should the name be. We always started the question with, what's the first message you want to communicate to people? That was always where, where we started our conversation. Even when we had those tear-off bulletin things. I mean, there's a spot for what do you think the name should be, but it was always on the bottom. The top part was what idea do you want to convey to people and kind of that, that opening line of a dialogue with them. Um, and you chose to communicate that in a world of brokenness and pain and sorrow and regret that hope exists. And not just wishful thinking hope, but, but living hope. And now when people ask about living hope, or what's living hope, or what do you mean by living hope, or why would you pick that name, or, or why would you call your church that, it is the simplest of things to simply transition into Jesus. When we voted, over 80% of you chose Living Hope Church for your first or second choice. I mean, Living Hope had more votes than the other two combined. Like, it was a landslide. Like, it was not even close. Um, and I am thrilled and grateful for that. Rebranding is not a silver bullet to church growth. We never said that. It has never been the expectation. But I believe, me personally, that, that we have removed a barrier to having a second conversation with someone about faith, about Jesus. As a reminder, we are changing our brand and our name. We are not changing our values. We are not changing our history. We are not changing our, our denomination. We are only changing our brand and our name. The goal from the beginning has never been to change our identity. The goal from the beginning, at least in my mind, this was my motivation. I, 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 different people had different motivations. For me, how do we make the gospel and the church just a little bit more accessible to those around us? 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. This last week we had the funeral for Lucille Goosen. Lucille was mid-90s, um, vision and hearing had pretty well failed her. Not very mobile, uh, but mentally sharp as a tack. And Lucille was excited to see Jesus. 
Uh, not just because of the physical limitations, but just because she loved him and she was excited. Lucille was a prime example of someone who lives with a living hope. And I would love, it would, it, I would love that everyone in Henderson, everyone in a 50-mile radius would have a funeral like hers. Where we are able to gather and celebrate the life of someone who live their life centered around this idea of living hope in Jesus Christ. Friends, it is a new day for this church. I firmly believe that there is a good future for this church. Uh, I am excited to be doing it with you. Our whole family is. Uh, and we're excited that we are pursuing this future under the banner of Living Hope Church. Amen. As the worship team comes forward, um, just uh, when we're done here, um, we will uh, head on down. Um, there will be cake and ice cream. Uh, be sure to uh, congratulate one of our new um, church members. Um, say thank you to the people who organized and helped with the loco. Um, so, yeah. Let me pray, and then we will, and then we'll uh, sing. Heavenly Father, thank you for a good day. Thank you for history. Thank you for new beginnings, fresh starts. Lord, even as uh, our church uh, enters a new season, as we um, set up a new banner uh, to work and operate under, Lord, for anyone here who is just saying, you know, I think I need a fresh start, to just open our hands and say, Lord, I love you, I commit myself to you, I surrender myself to you, and Lord, today, today's a fresh start. We love you, Jesus. We, we say that you are Lord of our life. We, we accept you into our, our heart and our life. And we are excited to center our life around you, around the living hope that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at hendersonmbchurch.com or email me directly at luke at hendersonmbchurch.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.